Welcome to Mr. Bait and Switch. Ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Each of these stories is written to reflect on life-giving insights, but you have to figure out what the insight is that will keep you alive. For more information and reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. And now, let's get to our next story. Dead Wrong Written by J. Thomas Sparrow and read by Geraldine Hoxie Sparrow. It was the last Friday of the month, and the team was not getting along. It was 12.02 p.m., and they had canceled their plans to eat together. Kim opened the door to get out of their office, but before she could get through the doorway, the door slammed shut. Kim put her hand back on the doorknob, but it wouldn't turn. Dang, she said. Let me do it, said Paul. The five of them were clustered in a group at the door. Paul, shut up. It's really stuck here. Kim pulled on the door again. Then they switched places. Paul grunted. The door didn't budge. They were the portfolio management team for one of the most successful mutual funds their company offered. They shared a corner office on the 12th floor. Well, let's call security, said Kim. Shonda said, I'll do it. She picked up one of the phones and punched the talk button. There was no tone. The phone is not working. That's crazy, Serge said. First the door, now the phone. I'll just send an email. That's stupid. I'll call on my cell phone, said Mary. She pulled it out of her purse but dropped it. The screen shattered on the floor. Oh, crap. Computers aren't working, said Serge. Kim had her cell phone in her hand now. She was looking up the number for building security. The phone came out of her hand. It went flying through the air as if it had been thrown and crashed into one of the walls. The crash startled everybody. Mary let out a muffled scream. Shonda said, what the hell? Paul's phone slipped out of his pocket and rose up into the air. He noticed it and grabbed it. What's going on? That didn't just happen. I can't hold this. It's killing my fingers. He let go and the phone broke apart in midair and fell to the ground. Shonda's purse started rocking. The strap was over her shoulder. The purse turned upside down and spilt the contents. Her phone hadn't broken, but now it was spinning on the floor. Then, like a jet, it shot across the room, crashing into a metal cabinet. The phone shattered into pieces. Mary was on the ground, looking at her cell phone pieces. She crawled over to Serge's computer. Why won't it work, she shouted. Serge tried to get something on the screen. His chair started to shake. He held onto the armrests, but the chair tipped to the floor with him in it. He moaned, no, no, I want this to stop. Now Serge's phone holster was unsnapped. He looked down at his hip and saw his phone rise into the air and then shoot up into the fluorescent ceiling light. A mixture of glass and plastic fell to the floor. Crap, glass is in my hair. Shonda screamed. One of the shades on the window lowered itself. It went up and down and back up. It began moving up and down in some kind of pattern. Holy shit, Kim said in disbelief. The shades, said Shonda. They're doing the SOS signal. Three short, three long, then three short. The shades stopped. Shonda whispered, I got a really 
bad feeling about this. She sniffed and wiped her nose with the back of her hand. A box of Kleenex rose up from the table. One sheet came out and the box fell to the floor. The tissue danced its way through the air and landed on the floor next to a box of paper clips that had come out of Shonda's purse. The box opened and a paper clip floated into the air, began to straighten itself out. Now the tissue was back in the air, skirting the ground. The two objects moved across the floor to underneath Serge's desk. The paper clip went into one of the open sockets in the power strip with a series of sparks. The tissue came to rest upon it. The team watched with their mouths open, their eyes fixed on this unbelievable sight. The tissue burst into flames and burnt itself out in a yellow blaze. The shades started moving again. Long, short, long, 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 short, short, long. Why, oh, you, said Shonda. Paul asked, how do you know that? It's Morse code, just like the SOS. The shade continued to go up and down. Shonda called out the letters. A-R-E-D-E-A-D. Kim shrieked, you are dead. Mary whimpered. Serge was biting his knuckles. Paul went back to the door and began to pull with all his might. The shades continued. Shonda called out the letters. W-R-O-N-G-A-N-D-S-T-U-P-I-D. The shades stopped moving. You are dead wrong and stupid. Kim half laughed as she put it all together. They all knew who used that phrase. Serge asked the question, could Mac be here? Their boss, Mac, had died six weeks earlier. One of his favorite phrases was dead wrong and stupid. It was his description of what happened to people who didn't think through their research. Mac's philosophy was that you needed the algorithms, but you had to put the pieces together yourself, and no one person could do it all. It took a team to do it right. Since he was gone, the team did not have a manager. They were operating on a joint leadership model, consensus-based, but today had been a disaster. No one had been listening to anyone else. Another tissue went over to the paperclip in the power strip, then another. With each tissue, more smoke filled the room. Could this be a test? Kim blurted out. Maybe, said Serge. Maybe Mac is trying to make us act like a team. He could be upset with us because we used the phrase good enough today. Those were your words, Paul said accusingly. Yeah, but we all agreed to it, Kim said. We didn't agree on anything, Paul retorted. Serge tried to get back on his computer. It doesn't seem to have power. We need help to get out of here, Kim said. Maybe we could lower a sign to the floor below us. We don't have any string to lower it with, said Shonda. One of the tall cabinets in the office began to rock and then fell over. Mary was nearly hit, but at the last second, Paul had dived to her, pushing her out of the way. Kim yelled, we got to get out of here. Then looking up at the ceiling, she called out, I'm sorry, boss. Please just let us go. Shonda was trembling. What if we use Morse code? She looked at the others. 
Mary asked, Use Morse code on what? The shades? Who is going to see that? Serge said, Knowing Mac, he wants us to do something together. That makes sense, Shonda said. But what? Oh, shit, look at that. Paul pointed. A pair of scissors was moving through the air. It was opening and closing. It was above Kim. It started to cut her hair. She tried to run, but the scissors followed. Mary pulled off her coat and captured the scissors in it. She took the bundle to the supply closet, tossed it in, and shut the door. Their boss, Mac, had gotten colon cancer. He had told them it was because they were such a pain in the ass. He was unconventional, a mix of old-school research and big data programming. Use the data, but let the mind process it. Paul said, what if we pound out the SOS on the door until someone hears us? No one will hear because the other units on our floor are off-site today, Mary said. And who is going to know what it means anyway, Kim said. Paul jumped in. They don't have to know what it means. They just have to hear it and respond to the knocking. Yeah, said Serge. Let's jump up and down on the floor. Let's all do it together, Mary pleaded. That will bring the people from programming up here. We know that works. Remember the party last year, Kim asked. The remaining lights went out. The room grew dim. Shonda started jumping up and down. Three quick jumps, then three slow jumps, then three quick jumps. They all joined in. Let's yell, too, said Mary. They did. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Five minutes later, the door was being opened. They fell into a massive group hug. As they looked in each other's eyes, they burst out laughing. Then Mary started crying. Let's go out to lunch together, Shonda said. Everyone agreed. They would clean up the mess later. Although they never heard from their former boss again, the message stuck. Every time one of them put the shades up or down, the whole team would shout, Mac, we hear you, loud and clear. Thanks for listening to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Remember, to see reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. This podcast is brought to you by Resounding Source Audio.